You're listening to the We Lead Well podcast, where well-being matters. This episode is brought to you in partnership with Transform Education Coaching, headteacherchat.com and the Teach Well Alliance. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the We Lead Well podcast. I'm Vicky Maguire and this is going to be the last episode in this first series of the We Lead Well podcast. I've been extremely busy lately with my one-to-one coaching. Um, I've been doing lots of coaching in schools and I've set up a few women leader coaching programs. So that is keeping me really busy at the moment. And in order to practice what I preach um, and look after my well-being, I need to take a break. So I'm going to take a break for May and then I'll be coming back to you with some absolutely brilliant interviews. I'll still be doing interviews in May, but I'll be coming back with the show in June. So in the meantime, why not catch up with all of the great episodes that you've missed? I think we've got 24 episodes that you can listen to and get lots of really brilliant ways for how you can improve your own well-being and that of your school staff. I've had some really great feedback on the show and I want to thank anybody who's been in touch with me via Twitter or Facebook um, to let me know how they've used the show, how it's impacted on them and their own practice and their well-being. Um, I had one uh, deputy head who got in touch with me to say that she uses the show, um, asks her middle leaders to listen to it and take notes and then come back to a meeting with the other middle leaders where they discuss the ideas that have been suggested on the show and how they might work in their own context. So it's been really, really nice to hear how you've been using the show and how it's had an impact on your own practice. I'm really, really pleased about that because that is the reason that I initially came up with the idea for the podcast because I wanted it to be a support system for school leaders so that they could support their own well-being and look after the well-being of their staff. So keep letting me know how you've used the podcast with either for yourself or for the people that you work with. I love hearing from you. On today's show, I thought it was about time we found out a little bit more about our partner head teacher chat. I initially got in touch with Jonathan, who is the founder of Head Teacher Chat, to ask him if he would partner with the show because I think they do a really important job in helping head teachers network, and that is such an important part of the well being of everybody in a school, but in particular middle leaders and senior leaders. It's so important to have a network who you can chat to, who you can moan to, who you can ask questions of, someone you can just go to and say, I really have no idea what I'm doing about this. Can anybody suggest something? Or I don't really want to reinvent the wheel on this. So has anybody got something they can share with me or lend to me so that I've got an idea what I'm doing and I've got a starting point to save on workload? I think that's really important. So I asked Jonathan to come on the show and we just had a chat about all things well-being and he gave me a little bit a bit more information about the work that he has done and is doing with Head Teacher Chat and I have to say it's really great work that he's doing and I just want to say thanks to Jonathan for being that person who has set up that opportunity for head teachers and senior leaders to network with each other. I'm sure you're going to enjoy the interview today with Jonathan. He's a really, really lovely person to talk to and here he is, so enjoy the interview. Jonathan Coy, welcome to the We Lead Well podcast. How are you today? Really good, thank you for inviting me on. I've been waiting for this for a long time, but actually I'm glad to be here. Brilliant. It's great to speak to you, actually. You were you are one of the partners of our show and you've been there uh, from the start. So we're really grateful to you for that. It's really good to work in partnership with you. Um, so people will obviously have heard me talk about Head Teacher Chat. Um, so can you tell me a bit about yourself, first of all, and your your career in teaching and what you do now? Yeah, I'm, I've been a teacher for 26 years now. Um, so quite a long time. And in that role, 
in that time I've been head teacher, deputy CEO of an academy trust, teacher, subject leader, deputy head teacher. So I've done all the range of roles in schools, looked after most of the subjects in schools, and I taught um, primary, and I've been in early years nursery teacher, as well as year six. So I've done everything in primary school. So probably have done everything. I used to do one point at uh, nursery teacher in the morning, year six teacher in the afternoon. That was quite interesting, the different spectrums of that. So that yeah. was really good. Um, so yeah, um, so head teacher chat came about uh, about six, seven years ago that we started wanting to know a little bit more information about being a senior leader in school. And um, yeah, we started posting questions on Twitter and great people used to start interacting with us and talking to us and answering our questions. And we thought it's just a wonderful platform to actually start that conversation. And we found so much out from Twitter, um, so much information and talked to so many brilliant people. Yeah, it's been great. So um, that's a little bit about it. Um, yeah, now I, I stopped being a head teacher last September um, due to ill health basically. And I, I just needed to think of doing something else. And being a head teacher is quite a lonely job and quite a demanding job. So I wanted to do something that I could help other head teachers and senior leaders. And so we launched Head Teacher Chat in a different way to be a much more supportive um, unit to help school leaders. And hopefully it's working. Hopefully we can share a bit of our experience and our bit of our knowledge to support other leaders in schools. Can you tell me a bit more about how you ended up at that point where you felt like you didn't have an option but to leave your role as a head teacher? What what happened there, Jonathan? Um, I got ill actually in some ways. I was, I was working hard and um, I, I got to a point where um, it was not doing me any favours. So um, if, if I was carrying on that pace that long term, I would have got myself even more ill than I was. Um, and so I had to look at it in a different way and say for my own health and my own well-being, I had to change what I was doing. And so unfortunately I had to leave being a head teacher, which I loved doing but I had to just take a step back from that for a while. It doesn't mean in the future I might not go back into some sort of school leadership. Um, I, I might do, um, but at the moment I'm on this other journey and I'm absolutely loving it. Um, just being out there to help others um, and support others really. So it's, it's been a bit of an interesting year and in trying to work out what to do. Um, but I'm at this point of actually enjoying that journey of supporting others and finding ways of doing it. And it's a different lifestyle now. It's, um, uh, it's I, I can control what I'm doing. Um, I can go for bike rides when I want to go to bike rides. I can block out time. There is life after being a head teacher. And I, I, I'm talking to many head teachers at the moment who are in crisis in their schools and they don't see another option. And actually, hopefully from this conversation, there are other options out there and other things that you can be doing to help others and support others. Being a head teacher is not the be all and end all. It, we, there is other options out there. I think we're both evidence of that, aren't we? That you don't have to stay doing that highly demanding job. And like you, when I left, I was absolutely adamant I would never be a head teacher. That was not what I wanted to do. However, I did say that after I gave birth to my first son. So, and then I've got a second son. So, <laughs> you can't trust what I say in a in a moment of stress. But having said that, now that I've had a break, <clears throat> I will not rule out potentially maybe being a head teacher or going back to being head, a deputy head at some point in the future. Do you see the potential from what you've experienced for head teachers to, they don't necessarily have to leave the profession, but they can have a break from it? 
I think that's so important, really, because I've done 26 years of being a teacher, leader, uh, with hardly any breaks in that whole time. And it's the first time I actually stopped and um, took time out to actually think about what I wanted to do and how I wanted to do it. And, and it's such a demanding role. Being a teacher, deputy head or head teacher, it's such a demanding role in school. And nobody really understands that unless you are in those roles. It, it is so hard. And actually taking a step out and looking back in, there are ways we could do things differently. We need to think about ways we do things differently, how we do our leadership, how we support our teachers. But it could be a time now to actually start looking at that in the education world. But we're losing so many good people in the schools. We haven't got enough teachers. We haven't got enough head teachers. It's hard. Um, so I did have a lot of time to reflect on my role and how I need to do things and how I need to do things differently. Would I go into it, back into it? Yeah, I, I, I could do in the future. Um, at the moment, I'm entirely enjoying what I'm doing at the moment. Um, there's so many different positive things that are happening. Um, and as I say, I can, I can, there's a life outside of being a head teacher. There, there are possibilities and opportunities for everyone that they can be doing something different. What, what I found interesting since taking a step back is that I have gained a broader perspective on leadership. I feel like by taking a break from it and taking a step back, I've been able to learn so much more about myself, about what makes a great leader. It's given me more freedom to, I was looking at a Twitter um, conversation it, it, that's still going on about leadership books and I thought I was able to contribute something to that because I've had, actually had time to read some books do you feel like you've had that space to to grow more and and potentially like if you'd had the time would you have gone back and been a better leader do you think yeah I think um it, it has given me that time to read out um read lots of information read some fantastic blogs out there that um, head teachers are writing, like Chris from St Monica's, his um, blogs are absolutely yeah. fantastic. And they share such wisdom and knowledge of how to do things. Um, being a head, you don't always have time to find those things. So that's why um, part of Head Teacher Chat, we look for those blogs and those podcasts and we find to collate them and compile them so people can have one place that you can look for these different wonderful speakers and um, writers. Um, yeah, I, I've learned so much from reading and taking time to reflect on what I do and how I do things. And yeah, it's really interesting to find out what the latest understanding and research is into teaching and learning as well as being a leader. Um, it's been a great journey. It's, it's really interesting. There's so much stuff out there and it's trying to work out what is the best stuff and what stuff to read and how to read it and having time to read it. And it's a real shame that as leaders in schools, we don't have or there isn't time to do a lot of those things because you're so caught up in the day to day running of a school and what's going on on that day. And, and often, you know, when the work has finished, you're so exhausted that it's time to go to bed and then it's up again and then you're back doing that work again how do you think we can best support head teachers who are in that role in that busyness and in that that stress stress or that pressure tank to to approach the job in a more I suppose or, or I should say a less busy way what would you advise um, I think in many ways it's more about prioritising your time in the day and actually making sure you have time for yourself and time to do um, the reading, um, listening to podcasts and having structure your time. We work quite closely with head teachers about um, planning their time and being more focused and actually and more productive with their time because actually you can be firefighting all the time. Mm. Actually, you're not moving forward. So you need to do a bit of less firefighting and more strategic working with people to develop them in the future and then 
you, it's again that time management. How do you structure staff meetings? How you um, structure um, CPD in the school? How do you do how your approaches for those? Because a staff meeting might not be the best way of doing CPD in your school. It might be doing breakout meetings or um, a whole range of different approaches that you could use to get the same message and probably getting a better message across. Now and a half staff meeting might not be the best message to get used to get all your information across to all the staff. So it's different approaches and different um, strategies. And in head teacher chat, we, we were asking those questions all the time. Um, we did what is the most effective staff meeting? Actually, most of the time it's um, working with your key stage leaders to discuss your CPD within a small group rather than having a whole staff meeting. So it's a different approach to do things, but making time for yourself to do a focus on yourself is so important in a full day. I think that is really one of the things that is so difficult when you're a senior leader because the expectation on you is that you are available the whole time. My experience in a high school often was if I had said, I remember saying in a meeting once, I need to have lunch. I can't go through the afternoon unless I've eaten something at lunchtime because I just don't then have the energy. And I, I, honestly, the people in the meeting looked at me as though I had three heads. What you you have you actually have lunch? And when I said I have lunch, I meant I ran down to the canteen, picked up a salad that they'd made for me, ran back to my office, ate it in about five minutes flat, and then got out on duty. But it's like a badge of honour to say, well, I didn't get my lunch until half past three, or well, I didn't even have any lunch today. And it's almost like that has become the thing that people think is what makes them a great leader because they don't have lunch and they don't make any time for themselves. I mean, I don't know what we can do to change that culture. The culture is the most important thing. It's actually how do we make the culture right for the well-being of staff? Still being um, high um, productive in the classroom and um, really giving them all, giving the children everything they need to do but actually the well-being of the staff as well so they do have a lunch time they um can go and get a cup of coffee and things like that there's there's not um things like staff meetings they're not going on till half past five at night when everyone's shattered and they still got to do all the marking afterwards not that they're doing much marking now but it's it's those sort of things it's changing the culture of the school so okay the forefront is the children but actually the staff and their well-being is also next to that because if you have staff that are feeling good about themselves they will teach better it's so important isn't it i was listening to a podcast this morning as well about how you have to involve your staff and the podcast was about purpose and about how if you understand as an organization what your purpose is or your why I suppose you know linked into Simon Sinek find your why and and all those things then you get better buy-in from staff and staff actually give more um, but it was also about including staff in those things as well and as a leader like you're saying creating that culture of thinking about why are we doing these things but I think the flip side of that as well is to think if we're going to do that, how can we do that well? How can we be well and do that? Because what 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 my experience of a lot of senior leadership teams in schools is, is that they're very stressed and they feel like they're under a lot of pressure. And then not necessarily, I don't think they do it, you know, it's not done maliciously, but they pass that stress on to their staff then and it, it it sort of creates that culture how how would you go about tackling that element of how I think how leadership probably goes wrong in schools I think it goes back to um, again that culture what's what are you um, I know culture is quite a lot um, popular on Twitter at the moment in how you do the culture, it shouldn't just be a laminated 
um, sign that goes up into the, the corridor that says this is our culture. It's what you <laughs> breathe, uh, what you do, how you do that every day. And it's, it's tough. It's tough doing those sort of things. So um, if you show that you're stressed all the time, then that's going to rub off on to the staff all the time. So then you've got to work out actually how do you show that you're not stressed all the time? How do you go down the corridor and you're kind to people, you respect people, you have time for people, um, you do all those sort of things that will, um, you're, you're trying to show um, that you care about people, the boldness of actually you want to um, be with, uh, not really, it's showing that culture throughout the school, everything you do leads to that. So your assemblies, how you um, talk to people, how you interact with people all the time. If you're stressed all the time, everyone's going to be stressed, the children are going to be stressed and you're not going to be doing well. Um, how do you do that? Everything you do is you walk the talk. It's interesting you talk about being a role model, isn't it? Because I think quite a lot of people, they want people to think that they that they work hard. And I think they also worry that if I go home early, you know, staff will look at me and go, oh, look at him leaving, at, or look at her leaving at, at four o'clock. Has she not got any, any work to do? Because often I think sometimes staff, especially in a high school, because senior leaders have a reduced um, amount of contact time, some staff can look at them and think, what do they even do? Look, they've got all that free time. And there's a lack of understanding between senior leadership teams and um, teachers, middle leaders sometimes. And that can, I think that can create problems in a school. How as a, how as a leader do you think that that could be improved? That, so I suppose it's a lack of understanding, isn't it, between the different elements of, of the staff working in the school? You think that's always going to be there though, unless she's actually been a, a leader or a senior leader, mm. you wouldn't have that understanding of how, what happens in it. As, as I said um, before, unless you've been a head teacher, you wouldn't understand actually how hard and demanding and responsibility of that role is, unless you'd actually walked in those shoes. Um, and for teachers that are coming into profession they they might look into the lead and think actually not that they're not doing much but there's so many other things that they have to worry about and do continuously um and it would they understand it if you actually share, unless they actually had time to spend doing that role they wouldn't understand what that role is all about and that's middle leaders senior leaders head teachers it's, they're tough. All roles are tough in school. There's no easy one. Even PAs and then later don't have it. Don't no. have it easy. Um, no. How do we change that? Communicating with, saying what the things are happening in the day. So if you have a briefing, you go, okay, this week this is what the main focus is. Um, this is what we're doing. Okay, these are the meetings that's happening. These are the safeguarding concerns that we're dealing with. Okay, this is what the plan of the week is and keep them informed of what's happening on a weekly, daily basis. And then so hopefully from that, they can have an understanding of what's going on in the whole school and um, can influence it and help the situation with those. It's interesting that, isn't it? Keeping that communication open and, and helping each other to understand what's happening and I think an element of that as well is as a leader being vulnerable um, and and helping your staff to be aware of of what your stresses are sometimes and that you know if you let staff know that you've got a very busy week on and, and they can understand what's happening then that can create much more empathy I think within your culture of everybody looking after each other and being responsible for each other's well-being do you think? Absolutely and we I put out a tweet on head teacher chat about um, not about being a hero um, in the in the school it's about actually being compassionate considerate to staff and somebody um, tweets 
retweets we're talking about actually you've got to show that you're vulnerable as well and actually you have um your weaknesses and your things that you like doing things you don't like doing and if you're having a tough week actually sometimes it's better to say actually you're having a tough week um so then people can see that you're everyone you're human the human side of the role and that is so important um and that's what we come up with all the time with the conversations on head teacher chat actually people messaging us and saying actually i'm finding it really hard at the moment and you give us some support and we do do that we um we do phone calls we um, check off on people um, we make sure they're okay and actually sometimes we're just a sounding board to um listening to their concerns and their worries at this that moment um but it's happening more and more it's gradually over the years we're getting more and more phone calls from head teachers senior leaders about their worries in school so it's a worrying trend it's interesting that you said, I think, at the start of the interview about being a head teacher is a lonely job. And I saw a post on the head teacher um, group on Facebook from a lady who um, went through what she'd done in a week. And she said, Monday, this is what I had to do Tuesday. This is what I had to do Wednesday. I mean, it sounded particularly <laughs> to me. I, I was stressed out reading it, to be honest. And I, I, I think that... I think that it just gave that person a space in which they could just put that onto paper and just be able to go, look, this is what I did. And, and probably for her, it gave us some sense of release or relief. So how important do you think networking is for head teachers and, and senior leaders? I think it's so important. I think Twitter in, and Facebook are powerful um, mechanism to actually support each other. Um, the amount of times we have questions put up from head teachers that um, we had one question the other day um, um, are you doing lesson observations before evening? Mm. Um, how does that work with bubbles? And sort of like had about 30 responses from different head teachers saying, okay, we're not doing any lesson observation, we're just popping a head around the door. There's other ones that are saying, oh yeah, we are doing lesson observation, but we're, we're doing it um, all masked up and we're going into one section of the room and we're not actually really getting close to the children. There are different variety of answers that experienced head teachers are offering to support other head teachers. And then it's up to that head teacher to say, okay, I prefer that model and, or that way, or um, you might probe further about um, someone's uh, um, way of doing lesson observation to, so they might ask another question and say okay how does that work in this situation so networking is so powerful um, that's what we found when we started head teacher chat you could talk to anyone I mean you had Dame Alison Peacock on your podcast the other day fantastic inspiring person that she is eight or no, seven years ago we had a chat with her um, Lucy, my wife, who does head teacher chat with me, um, had a chat with her about um, removing levels from school. Mm. And from that, um, she asked Alison, how do you do it? What do you recommend to do? Um, from that, uh, Lucy put it into her school and um, transformed the school and what she was doing. Then she was asked to do conferences and she wrote a bit in one of Alison's books about levels. That wouldn't happen without head teacher chat, without Twitter. Yeah. So that's the power of it. It's you are linking up with people that are experts in the field and they will give you an honest answer of what's going on. We didn't have this 20 years ago. Yeah. Nowhere near. You never found out what the latest thing was going on. Actually, that's where it's powerful. So someone who has just started on Twitter, head teacher, um, can come to head teacher chat and say, look, I'm really having problems with um, how am I doing reading in the school? Um, could you put out a question? We put out a question, we get loads and loads of answers and interaction, and then they feel part of that network. So we're sort of like giving them a voice to a much bigger network. And it's working, it's helpful. We have so many people asking questions on a daily basis, and we're just hoping it helps. 
And pe- people are very generous, aren't they, as well? People, I, I know people go on and say, does anybody have this document or an example of this or a scheme of learning for this that they can share? And people are very, very generous in what they will share, aren't they, as well? Absolutely. Yeah, there's so many. And the time that some of the head teachers have given as well to support, it's, it's just a great network and it's, it's wonderful. And if we can make a difference to one head teacher, then that'd be great. And that's our aim is just to make a difference, help them out. And the, and I think that they, they sometimes just need the reassurance that there are other head teachers out there or other senior, it's not just head teachers, is it? It's senior leaders as well, but that there are other head teachers and senior leaders out there who are feeling exactly the same as they are and it's quite normal. <laughs> and we also, um, one of the part we do is um, looking at companies because when I was ahead, I never had time to search for new companies. So yeah. we we developed this database to actually just help people out. Um, so we go and find these companies, we talk to them, we ask them all the questions of what they do and everything. And we found some brilliant people out there that are so supportive and so helpful. Um, yeah, it's incredible. If I knew some of the information now that I could have done about a year and a half ago, I could have done some massive difference in the schools because there's so many good things out there. And um, we review them, we talk to them, we find out what the best bits of them, we do sort of like a summary of it. And that's, I find that helpful. As I said, I found some companies that are incredible out there that would just, just wanting to go into schools and help them, but they can't get there. Yeah. They can't and that that would be really useful wouldn't it because it sometimes you want something you i mean you get bombarded with emails don't you as a as a leader in a school of all the things that are out there and you don't really know which ones are, are any good at all do you so so you provide that you do the you know checking the checking the companies and using your own experience as a head teacher having a look at what they do and then being able to put them on a database and say to head teachers look these companies are worth investing in or using that can save her teachers an awful lot of time and hassle can't it yeah we've we found that and um uh, yeah it's just incredible what is out there and that you just need a little bit more time to actually find out so that's why we wanted to do that and it's always was a plan six seven years ago to develop this database to just support companies and be the the middle person between head teachers and companies and give them that support. I mean, it's, it's great companies that have got new products coming out and um, you won't find out of them. You don't have time to find out. And it's about time again, isn't it? It's about that time management of you don't actually have time to go and find out and spend an hour with each of these companies to find out what they do. Yeah. And we're hoping to do that and we do it in a shorter and easier way to pick it all up. That's really important. In terms of time, one of the things that I think potentially would have been really good for me is being able to work part time or I probably would have been more likely to become a head if I could have been a co-head in a school. What are your thoughts on part time flexible working for senior leaders and potentially more co-headships? I think it'd be a great idea because then you've got different people you can bounce off and you've got the strength of both people um, to help you so if you you're not going to be in that lonely situation so um, you have another co-head there to bounce all the ideas off the, the problem with that is do you not think I mean as a, a full-time teacher you work long hours and you work probably six days a week yeah. if you do part-time yeah. would you not then you have to be very, very disciplined to make sure it is part-time. Yeah. Um, you don't creep into, especially in management roles, you, it's a never-ending job. So yeah. it's that you've got to be very, very disciplined in actually making sure it works. My experience of, of part-time, I, I managed to go part-time um, once I decided I wanted to set my business up and spoke to the head and um, I went for days 
Um, I did find I didn't get my I didn't get my job description wasn't reduced what my responsibilities weren't changed at all so um but what I found was not having to go in school just on one day made a big difference um it was I, I also did it I did it for a short time when I was struggling after I'd separated from my husband and I was struggling to get into you know get used to being a single mom and working and that was actually the catalyst for what I'm doing now but just not having to be in school on that day. And I wonder whether COVID has created more, uh, probably there was a reluctance previously from some heads for flexible and part-time working, you know, staying at home to do your PPA time, or if you don't have um, a lesson, last lesson at school, you can go home or you can go out and do something if you're free, you don't have to stay in school, you can, you can go go for a run or whatever if you want to I'm, I'm wondering whether you think that potentially covid might make head teachers and governors less reluctant to to be open-minded about changing and being more flexible and offering more part-time roles let's hope so uh, let's hope it has yeah. changed that um yeah from the heads i talked to they are looking into options and doing those sort of things um yeah, I, I hope it will work because actually there's so much benefit for it. The interesting point that you were mentioning there is um, the job description didn't change. No. So you're <laughs> still expected to do those things. So how would that work in a real situation if you're doing part-time and your job description is exactly the same? That's where we need to revamp or relook at how we do those job descriptions for part-time and co-workers because you need to separate things you can't be responsible for everything and um, it's it's as a head it's about being more creative in your approach to what you're doing isn't it it's I don't like the term thinking outside the box really it's a bit of a cliche but it is about thinking differently isn't it and and ho I'm hoping that Covid because schools have had to operate differently they have had to do things that they probably said we you know that's not possible we could never do that actually this pandemic has made them go well we're going to have to do it and we're going to have to figure out how it how it can work then potentially we, we need to carry that on don't we there's a momentum and and we need to we need to go with it and i think um groups like head teacher chat can actually keep that momentum up if you can get that discussion and dialogue going with with heads who can ask each other you know have you done part-time how did it work for you especially with senior leaders because there is a reluctance in a number of places you're far less likely to be able to do part-time as a senior leader than you are as a teacher aren't you yeah it's it's, it's not as common is it it is i mean in, i don't know too many um co-head teachers at this moment that i work with um or i know of mm. um um We've got to change some of the things that we do because actually that will hopefully help people be um, the longevity of being in schools and being supportive in schools. It's got to change in that way. But I mean, you talk about um, workloads. At the moment, we've got catch up that might happen in the summer. Actually, most teachers I know are or head teachers are absolutely shattered at the moment. They've worked Already, <laughs> yeah. For a whole year, and we've got to uh, we've got to work on that well-being of actually how do we support these heads, teachers, um, teachers, senior leaders in schools so they don't burn out. And and this year will be a very interesting year to see what happens at the end of end of it because yeah, some must be close to burnout already because. It's been so demanding. It's really interesting that you should say that, isn't it? Because the government are so focused on the children and catch up for the children and getting them back where they where they should be. But but the children are where they should be. And no different children have experienced have had different experiences of the pandemic, but they are where they should be. And it seems like there's a there's there's not enough focus on the staff in schools and their ability. To deliver what the government want them to deliver it seems like the government think that teachers are completely 
they can just keep going like there's some sort of robot workforce who can just if there's extra stuff to do they can deliver that and you can work through the holidays and you can do extra after school and it, it there's there's no understanding that you cannot teach children without teachers and you can't have schools running without senior leaders and if you work them into the ground you, you won't have anybody to deliver the catch-up in the first place will you and it, yeah and that needs to be the focus that well-being of star children as well because we've got to make sure that's the focus in the next term um, and two weeks now and actually that everyone is okay and not burning out and not had enough of it all um it sounds like the children have come back all happy to be back and they love being at school so that's that's great um but we shouldn't be mentioning catch up we should say actually good assessment for learning you know where the children are you know what the next steps are teach that move on carry on with that but it'd be interesting what happens to the staff at the end of this year um it would be interesting to see retention figures as well won't it? it it'd be interesting to see how many teachers and leaders decide that they're at, at burnout point like you say or that they've just had enough and they they want to go and do something else because we could be on the precipice of of something disastrous really couldn't we if if we lose a number of, of teachers and leaders but every school has done it slightly differently haven't they of this whole pandemic some mm. teachers have been in the whole time some teachers have been doing remote learning there's a whole different approach to do it. Um, but that might make a difference. And that's when going back to the part-time conversation, it depends on the culture of that school, academy trust, that is so important. If they value it, they make changes to do that. And that's what we ought to do, is make sure that schools, academy trusts all value the staff and the children to make changes that from the pandemic to make it better for the children. And that's the key, isn't it? It's va it's valuing your staff and, and knowing and appreciating what they've given. It really irritates, well, it makes me angry, actually, when there are suggestions that teachers have been enjoying working from home. And you, you get the impression from the, some of the media that teachers have been <laughs> sitting at home with their feet up, having a great time, you know, essentially like extended school holiday and all these teachers who are moaning what they got to moan about. But and that makes me so angry because they've worked so hard because people don't realise that children in classrooms, especially in primary schools, some primary schools have had half their children in school and they're trying to deliver lessons to the children who are at home as well. And and this the stress of not knowing how well your children are engaging in that as well. I've had the experience of my 14-year-old son here barely engaging with his learning at all. And I, I dread to think how stressful that must have been for staff. So we need to be thanking teachers, don't we? we need to be, and senior leaders, we need to be saying thank you for going not even above and beyond above and beyond above and beyond actually is what they've what they've been doing isn't it yeah i know the whole way through the first hand part of it they're saying oh schools are closed schools are closed and actually schools are still open mm. all the way through the whole year schools have been open to the children um the vulnerable children the pupil premium children um so it's the wrong messages that the media gave and it wasn't the right reflection of what's happening and how hard senior leaders, teachers were working in schools. And I think it's really important that Facebook and Twitter promote those, you know, the other story that people aren't seeing because we, there isn't enough, I was talking to um, Dame Allison about it, there isn't enough respect for teachers in this country and that's why we've got recruitment problems because people don't respect teachers in the UK like they do in other countries. And that's what we need to work towards, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And Alison, Dame Alison does a great job in promoting us and her daily tweets on are amazing. Yeah. <laughs> in some sense of actually supporting what we need to be doing. And actually the, the messages have to be positive. We have to keep on doing those positive messages of, about what we're doing and how we're doing it 
and celebrate the successes we do have and what teachers do well isn't it it's just celebrating those successes and keep on doing that and, and hopefully by that we can change the mindset of the public um, and the press really because teachers have had a their image is not great with the press so we've got to promote that and keep on promoting that and just carry on with the positive messages that we keep on doing and saying how well not how well we do um you know what we're doing uh, and um, <laughs> i thought it was my dog but <laughs> it's ruby she's a she's a regular a regular guest on the show <laughs> i know I, I thought is that my dog doing that Okay, so um, it's in some ways keeping um, positive messages and giving the right factors what's going on in schools and um, not arguing about it, not being negative about it, not yeah. Do what teachers do well, positive feedback of what's going on in the situation. Yeah. And hopefully that we can change people's views and what we do. And that makes a big difference to well-being, doesn't it? Being able to be positive. You know, even though even though you're busy and you know you've got so much on your plate, you're spinning lots of plates. If you can feel like you're valued by people and that you're doing something, you know that you're in service to people and that people appreciate that, that is what makes the difference, isn't it? It is, and that's what we've got to keep on doing. And hopefully, head teachers, that we do that, we try to put things in a positive light and helping people out and um, giving them support that they need. Yeah. Um, so if people so, want if people want to find head teacher chat, where are the various places that they can find you? Oh, um, Twitter, the head teacher chat. Um, we've got a website, headteachers.org, um, that we've got products of um, head teacher planners that we provide to help people with their time management and organization. We do reviews of companies so you can find out. Um, what we think of companies like Seaponds and Hornerstone. So we do reviews of those companies. Um, we also um, have coaching opportunities on there. So you can book coaching sessions. We do a wellbeing session as well. So that'd be free of charge. So if anyone wants okay. to catch up, wellbeing call, completely confidential, um, they can book a meeting with that. And we have a head teacher that will come and talk with, to them about their concerns. Uh, we're on Facebook group. We've um, got Head Teacher Chat. So follow us on that. And Instagram, we have a Head Teacher Chat one group as well. So, yeah, loads of ways. Great. Lots of, lots of different ways to access it, whatever your favourite social social media is. <laughs> yeah. So keep up the good work, Jonathan. And thanks Thank so much, much for joining us and telling us about what you do and sharing some of your experiences. Thank you very much and have a lovely day. You too. I want to thank Jonathan so much for joining us on the show today. He is so wise, a really, really humble guy, because actually he has done so much in teaching and leadership and he is really, really humble about it. And it was so nice to speak to him and listen to him. He's got such a calm demeanor about him. I think I would have. I think he's another leader I would have really loved to work with. Um, so thank you to Jonathan for sharing your experience and your wisdom with us. And thanks again for being such a great supporter of teachers and senior leaders and middle leaders in school. Well, that's all we've got time for this episode and this series. It's been an absolute blast making this show. I have enjoyed it so much. I want to say thank you to every single person who has taken the time to be interviewed. And I just, I've been so overwhelmed by how many people have just come onto the show and given up their time freely to talk to senior leaders, middle leaders and teachers in school and share their knowledge, their wisdom and their expertise with you. I'm absolutely 100% certain that if you have listened to all these amazing educationalists talking on the show, you will have developed your practice in some way and that you will have focused more on your well-being and made it a priority, not only for yourself, but for the school and for the staff who work in your school. So 
Just to finish, I want to say, please join our Facebook group. We are picking up members every week and it's a really lovely group to be part of. So join the Facebook group, We Lead Well, on Facebook. I'm going to be running a Women Leaders Coaching Programme in September. I've had absolutely great feedback so far on the programmes that we've done and I would love it if you would join us in the programmes that will be starting in September. So if you were interested in that, please get in touch with me via the website at www.transformeducationcoach.wordpress.com and I will get back in touch with you or you can get in touch with me via the Facebook page that's entirely possible too you can do do either and if you like we can have a chat about how the women leaders coaching program could support your leadership development it's been really lovely to bring these shows to you for this series i am really excited about the second series that we've got coming in june some really fabulous guests will be joining us for series two thank you so much for listening take care of yourself Take care of your staff and lead well. This episode of the We Lead Well podcast was brought to you in partnership with Transform Education Coaching, headteacherchat.com and the Teach Well Alliance.